In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcast. Time college football programs continue to struggle as Penn State and Michigan lose again. Welcome back to Prospects 101, the show where we break down prospects from all levels, high school, college transfers, college recruiting, NFL prospects, and the NFL draft. Prospects 101 would not be possible without support from our partners of the show, Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. You can always interact with us on Saturdays as the games are going on on social media at Prospects 101 Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Full show today as we're all back in the saddle to recap the week that was college football. Boys, what's going on? Happy Sunday. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, happy Sunday. I see Kenny's got a sweatshirt on right now. It looks pretty cold in Virginia. Pretty sure I'm going to the Look. beach uh, later today, actually. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You should live, little, live that little coastal chilly. Place, man. <laughs> it's like 77 degrees right now. I would say we'll be down there. Actually, kind of a, a, an announcement I'll make for the for people of the show. We may do a live podcast next Sunday on site at Coastal Carolina, as all three of us will actually be at the Coastal Carolina game as they play Appalachian State, as Coastal hopes to – kind of hold on and continue the Cinderella season. But uh, I'm with you, Pastel. I hope it's, uh, hope it's a lot colder, or I hope it's a lot warmer than it was uh, yesterday and today. I was out yesterday at a, uh, a winery, and it was butt cold. I mean, freezing. <laughs> like, I mean, it had to have been 35, 40 degrees, you know. Actually, uh, speaking of that, uh, you guys know on the show, you know, I'm big uh, – terrified of birds and the winery I went to yesterday just had like it's like on a farm right so what do you expect from a winery in Spotsylvania Virginia I was kind of walking that line between having a nice buzz and just having a sheer panic attacks as like <laughs> roosters turkeys swans all just freely roaming around just having a complete panic attack <laughs> where, where, where are you at Gluth? are you the one off of route three yeah wilderness run Nice. How yeah. was it? Was it good? Uh, yeah, it's good. I, I've been there before. My mom likes to go there a lot, so Mother's Day we usually take her there. But uh, a lot of people out there saw saw some people we know. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll take that offline. But it was uh, it was funny <laughs> yesterday. That's awesome. Some people uh, nice. some people had partaken in the wine, probably a little bit too much. <laughs> it's hard not to hard not to go to winery. Yeah, that's right. All right, guys, let's get into some scores from yesterday. Uh, Cincinnati takes care of business against ECU. No surprise there. 55-17. USC narrowly escapes another game, base, barely beating Arizona 34-30. to 
Uh, Miami edging out Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech 25-24. Indiana continues their Cinderella season by goose-egging Minnesota or Michigan State 24-0. Nebraska gets on the board with their first win of the season. Big win over Penn State 30-23. App State continues their impressive season 17-13. Notre Dame really pulls away in the second half, beats BC 45-31 to keep their college football playoff dreams alive. Northwestern also fantastic start, 27-20 versus Purdue. Uh, Tulsa pulls the big upset of SMU, probably no surprise to anyone on the show here uh, as they take care of business against SMU 28-24. And then Wisconsin completely lowers the hammer on Michigan 49 to 11, and then my Huskies finally get to play a game as they take care of Oregon State in a game that probably was closer than it should have been, 27 to 21. So Pastel, give me some kind of some quick reactions of what you saw from this week in college football. Yeah, why not? It's 2020. Northwestern Wildcats are undefeated. The Hoosiers are undefeated. They set up two big time matchups next week: Indiana at Ohio State. Wisconsin at Northwestern, all four of those teams undefeated. Never would have guessed that, but why not 2020? Speaking of 2020, it's probably the last year Jim Harbaugh needs to be a head football coach for college football because I say fire him. At this point, I would have never thought it, would have never said it in my, in my thinking just because he's such a great recruiter, but he can't win. can't win any big game, so fire him. I, I'm done with him. Zayvon Collins, two tackle for losses, one sack, one IT, one Q, uh, QB hurry. And the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes take down number 19 SMU, which ultimately hurts the Bearcats getting into the playoffs. SMU was their best chance being a top 15 team going into the AAC championship. And now they pretty much need Tulsa to win out outside of, not, you know, playing Cincinnati. But they have to have another team in the top 15 to really stand a chance of making that playoff. And yesterday, I think Zayden Collins and the Golden Hurricanes kind of hurt those chances by beating number 19 SMU. And we are Marshall. Enough said. Yeah, we were we were talking about this offline the other day, Pastel, about about the resume of Cincinnati and how we needed teams that they beat to keep on winning. So that definitely hurts. It definitely hurts their resume for a potential playoff spot with Tulsa upsetting SMU. By the way, SMU was up, I think twenty four to three at one point, and they absolutely blew that game. So pretty interesting uh, for me. My my uh, my takeaways were USC as flawed as they look. They're the best team in the Pac-12, in my opinion. I've watched two full games of them now, and like I said, they've they've won two tight games, and they've played probably fifty percent of what they should be playing. Like so, uh, they've played half games. I think they put a full game together. They're the best team in the Pac-12. Keaton Slovis, by the way, is a gamer. Two weeks in a row, he's led game-winning touchdown drives under a minute left in the game. Like, an absolute stone-cold killer. The light doesn't get any brighter for him, and it doesn't matter. Um, I can't tell if Wisconsin is great, or did they just look great versus two awful teams? Like, they pounded Illinois, and then they pounded Michigan. They, pro- they, they might have just throttled the two worst teams <laughs> in the Big Ten. So, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of Wisconsin. I, I want to think Graham Mertz is legit, and I think he is. But I want to see them play some stiffer competition at this point. They haven't yet. The Big Ten has a quarterback issue. Nebraska, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, all their QBs stink. Not good. And, and, and Rutgers and Illinois and Purdue really don't have not blow-up quarterbacks either. So, I mean, I think three-fourths of the Big Ten has pretty cruddy quarterbacks. Not good for the Big Ten, honestly. 
Uh, Dustin Crum might be the most underrated quarterback in college football. I watched that Kent State game, and I watched a lot of Kent State football last year being a big Maction guy. He's incredible. I really like him. I think he's going to be one of the dark horses in this draft as well. I think he's a guy you're going to see picked in the fourth or fifth round, and then five or six years from now, go, wait, where'd this guy come from? He started for who? I just – I like the way – I like the kind of football this guy plays. Um, and then that being said, about staying with the quarterback train, this might be the best crop of quarterbacks we've ever seen in college football at one time and from an NFL prospect perspective. I mean, you think about it. You've got Lawrence Fields. Then you've got, in, in any which order you want to put it, Lance, Trask, Jones, Wilson, Mond. I mean, this quarterback class is stacked, guys. There's You could make an argument there's 10 quarterbacks who could be taken in the first two rounds, and that might even be light. Yeah, it, it definitely bodes well for NFL teams that need quarterbacks. And, you know, before the show, we were listing off, we were listing off teams. You know, you, you could think of, you could think of the Jags, Jets, Skins, or Washington football team, um, Patriots, Saints, Lions. I mean, you name it. There's enough teams out there that need really great quarterback talent. And in my opinion, what, it's shaping up to be the best class that I've ever seen, and I'm not even sure it's close, and that'll lead me kind of into my first quick reaction. Guys, Kyle Trask is the truth, and he is skyrocketing up draft boards, similar to what Joe Burrow was doing last year as the 2019 season was playing out. His arm is so impressive. His accuracy might be the best in college football. Uh, You can't beat his size, uh, size, strength, everything. This guy has it to be a prototypical Big-time pocket passer at the next level. I love watching Kyle Trask, what he's doing at the uh, at the collegiate level right now, and really could be the front-runner for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, the Big Ten, in my opinion, is vastly underperforming as well. You, you know, I think this is kind of a trend. I said it last week. P5s are underperforming, yet G5 programs are overperforming. But the, I'm just going to focus on the Big Ten here. Um, Michigan and Penn State lose again yesterday. Huge losses, really, and both, honestly, really ugly losses. Penn State loses at Nebraska, uh, replaced Sean Clifford pretty early in the game, and Michigan is just terrible. They're terrible on offense, they're bad on defense, and they're just underperforming at a really alarming rate if you're a fan of those two programs. Uh, The Pac-12 showing has been lackluster at best. USC, I think you touched on it, Kenny. USC might be the best of the crop, and they have narrowly escaped both games, and really it's because Slovis has has brought them back when the game has been on the line. I watched Oregon yesterday. I think they look okay. I don't think they look great by any means. Um, Speaking of Oregon, have you guys seen Noah uh, Noah Sewell? Beast, dude. He looks unreal. He might be the scariest inside linebacker I've ever seen in a football uniform. Like, that guy, listen, he's 6'2", 270 as an inside linebacker, and he runs like a skill player. I mean, he's just terrifying. And he's Penny, obviously he's Penny Sewell's, uh, Penny Sewell's brother, five-star recruit out of, out of uh, Utah, uh, and he will be a day-one draft pick in the NFL. There is no doubt in my mind. I watched his huddle highlight film this morning, and then just seeing what he's doing for Oregon is just – wow, he's going to be the best inside linebacker. So it'll be Micah Parsons, and then the next guy to come to the draft, that'll be a can't miss, will be Noah, uh, Noah Sewell as far as an inside backer. He's that talented. 
Uh, so th- he was extremely impressive to watch. But, you know, Oregon just I- – I'm not sold on the quarterback position there yet. So And, and I think that – I think they pulled away. They really struggled in the first half against Wazoo. But, again, I think the Pac-12 is kind of lackluster at this point. Um, and my Huskies were very underwhelming last night. Um, really disappointed about what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. Seem to have really no receivers or tight ends they can throw the ball to. Um, I think the defense will keep them in a lot of games, but I think when it comes to playing uh, Oregon, I, you know, and, and if they start scoring a lot of points, I think UW's going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, and then my last observation, guys, midnight has not struck yet for Cinderella. All of them win yesterday. Liberty wins big. Indiana wins. Northwestern wins. Louisiana, the old Raging Cajuns win. Marshall wins. And Coastal technically didn't lose because they did not play due to COVID. <laughs> so midnight has not struck for our Cinderella teams. So let's get into this, some stock market risers. These are prospects that really stood out yesterday. Kenny, who were five that stood out for you? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Yes, starting with the late game, Pac-12 after dark, Washington versus Oregon State. I was really impressed with edge rusher out of Washington, Zion Tupeloa Fatui. Yeah, he was a beast, man. He was a beast. He had two tackles for loss, two sacks, two forced fumbles. I mean, he was just all over the field last night. He was in the backfield every time Oregon State went to pass the football. And a really big reason why they won the game yesterday. Uh, Without his efforts on defense and and creating the havoc and the turnovers he created, you know, that's a one-score game. Who knows? If he's not out there balling out, they probably get another score or two, and and, and Oregon State wins the game. So big effort by ZTF. Really impressed with what I saw. Uh, My next guy, and and this is, guys, I'm going to stick with the defensive line position in my stock market. This is a defensive line stock market edition, essentially. Uh, my next guy is Jalen Phillips, edge rusher out of Miami. Dude, we, he was the number one recruit a couple of years ago, went to UCLA, didn't quite have the success he was hoping to have there, transferred out. And he's quietly put together a really decent season at Miami this, this, this season. And then yesterday against one of the best offensive lines in football, what did he do? He had two and a half sacks. He had four tackles for losses. 
I mean, just a bunch of quarterback hurries, was in the face of Hendon Hooker all game, looked like the number one recruit everybody thought he was going to be three years ago. So really excited to see him taking a step forward this year and really kind of put a cherry on top of, of his improvement this season versus Virginia Tech yesterday. Uh, my next guy, Drake Jackson from USC. Two weeks in a row, this guy has had a game-clinching sack uh, uh, or a game-clinching big play, I guess I should say, at the end of the game. Last week against Arizona State, uh, he made a couple big plays late in the game. And then yesterday with a big late sack against Arizona, Grant Gannell, he had two sacks total yesterday. He provided a ton of pressure from the, from the, uh, from the strong side of that defense just just really looked good and is really something USC can hang their hat on moving forward on a defensive standpoint because they really don't have a lot of defensive talent. Drake Jackson's one of the guys who is really talented yep. on that I defense, like Drake so. Jackson a lot. He's a good player. Yep. Uh, next guy I saw uh, was Northwestern, Iku Leota. Uh, another, again, I think this is like the third week in a row we've highlighted somebody from Northwestern's defense. It's somebody different. And sure enough, man, I mean, they, Northwestern, this is what they do. They grind you out on offense, and they play smothering defense. They have a bunch of fast linebackers, and then they have a guy, like I said, Iku Leota on defense, on the defensive line, who's just a beast, man. Two sacks, one forced fumble, three solo tackles. Um, again, a bunch, of, a bunch of hurries, a couple tackles for losses yesterday. Really, in a one-score game against a Purdue offense, this was a guy who made a difference on defense, and this is the these are these are the performances Northwestern is going to need to continue their streak of being undefeated. They're four and zero, looking to go five and zero. Leota is a big reason why that that would continue. Uh, and then my final guy, a guy who really caught my eye and, and might have the best name in college football, and that's Zach Van Valkenburg. What a name, by the way. That's amazing. And he looks like, if you think of what Zach Van Valkenburg would look like, it's pretty much what he looks like. He looks like a Paul Puzlesny clone. Does he have a bit of horse collar? <laughs> what, no, he didn't have the horse collar, but he's got that, like, iron chin. Oh, That, sure. like, that square jaw. Just looks, I mean, he looks, uh, he looks intimidating. But he went out yesterday, had three sacks, um, a bunch of solo tackles, was in the backfield, pressured Tanner Morgan all night on Friday night was a big reason why Tanner Morgan, and I'm going to get into this a little bit later, is basically on my stock market faller segment is because Zach Van Valkenburg was just in his face all game long, making it completely uncomfortable. He's the next guy up in that Iowa, like, defensive line. Like, last year you had A.J. Epinoza for that. I mean, every year they churn out, it seems to be one defensive lineman who goes to the NFL who's a first or second round pick. This guy's the next guy in line. He looks like he's the real deal. I like his size. I think he just – he looks to be, like like I say, 6'4", 270. He's a squared away dude, and I I like his athleticism and his technique. I feel like you just like tough names to pronounce. All these guys we talked about, what, Zion, Zion, Tupu, Ituwe, Van Bakkenberg, <laughs> Iku, Leota. Like, are you just trying to pick tough names for us to pronounce, Kenny? <laughs> <laughs> trying to, try to, try to, try to make it seem like I'm smarter than I am. <laughs> well, I'm going to go on the opposite side of the football, and a guy you probably – no one ever talks about, and that's a punter. Why not? Lou Headley, the punter from Miami. He's exactly what I want in a punter. I mean, he's Australian. He's tattooed. He gets in fights every play. And he also averages 52 yards a punt. And this guy changes the 
the the possession game by just you know he's he's nailing Virginia Tech yesterday when they played Virginia Tech and inside the twenty I feel like every time he punted the football I mean this guy's the real deal like when you can find a punter like this you draft him and very rarely do you draft punters but watch this guy go in the fifth or sixth round next year because he can just change the field uh, with one one punt it's crazy but exactly what you want in a kicker uh, Ty Fryfungal is that how you pronounce it Kenny the receiver for Indiana unbelievable Fryfungal yep yeah six he's, he's a senior he's six foot two. First of all, if I'm the Detroit Lions, I'm drafting this guy because what he does in the state of Michigan is ridiculous. This past week, Michigan State had 200 yards, two TDs, 11 receptions. Last week, when he played Michigan, he had 142 yards in a TD. So if I'm Detroit, I am picking this guy in the draft because he absolutely owns the state of Michigan. And then Shai Smith, the receiver for South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina sucks, but he is absolutely their best weapon they have on that team. And I think outside of Rondell Moore, He's probably the best five foot ten and under player or receiver in this draft. I mean, this guy's extremely fast. Watch him run sub four four forty and go back and watch some of his catches. They're all contested. And he is just out jumping people. He has just got extremely strong hands. Watch that play yesterday versus Ole Miss. He turned around like one eighty and caught the ball uh, almost Odell Beckham style into the end zone. And it's just amazing he's five foot ten. So Shy Smith, I know a lot of people probably has a fifth or sixth round pick. Watch him jump himself into the third round, uh, you know, day two type of conversation. If he keeps doing what he's doing for South Carolina right now. Kenny, what about you? You, got any, you, you mentioned Tanner Morgan, so stock, stock market fallers. Yeah, but Tanner hey, Morgan is ri- – Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Tanner, Tanner Morgan is the guy for me that is really the only guy I highlighted this week on my stock market fallers segment. There's some guys who haven't played well who haven't started the season well. But to be honest, I, I can't really think of someone in the past couple of weeks who's really started their season that's really tanked their draft stock more than Tanner Morgan. I mean, this was a guy who last year threw for 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions, averaged 10.2 yards an attempt, 3,200 yards, 66% completions. By all the looks of it, this was his breakout season last year. And you're like, okay, he's going to come back. He's got the momentum. Minnesota's been has been playing better on offense. They've got some pieces coming back, like Rashad Bateman and Muhammad Ibrahim. Like this team is offensively is going to be okay because everybody was more concerned about the defense at Minnesota than the offense. And he has absolutely flopped so far this season. It's been I mean, bad, man. It's been bad for him. Fifty-seven percent completion percentage through four games. He's got four touchdowns, four interceptions. He's only averaging 7.3 yards in attempt, which is less than he averaged 28 pools through freshman season, which was 9.2. I mean, just – he and, and this was this is big because you've had – like I said, they it's not like they lost a ton of pieces. Yeah, they lost um, – they lost Johnson, the uh, other wide receiver there last year, who was, who was pretty special, Tyler Johnson. But he wasn't – he wasn't Rashad Bateman. Like, Rashad Bateman is arguably going to be a first-round pick. He's back. Muhammad Ibrahim's back. A lot of the offensive line is back. And and they just they just haven't clicked. They aren't gelling. I know he lost his OC, but it shouldn't account for this much of a drop-off. And you, especially when you had draft experts saying that this guy could potentially play his way, way into a first-round draft pick, including our own <clears throat> Brandon Pastel. Um, <laughs> but, it, but, no, in all seriousness, it's just – He's definitely going to have to come back next season. This isn't a guy who has played his, like I said, who who played his way into a first round pick. That was the potential of him this year, and the first through the first uh, quarter mark of the season for him, 
he needs to come back to school because he's not ready. <laughs> Don't give me crap on Cam Ward. Mr. You were a Brock Purdy fan before the beginning of the season, too. I mean, both have completely stunk <laughs> up the place this year. But you know what's funny is the whole road the boat sounds a lot better when you're 10-0. Now that you're like 0 and 4, it sounds pretty kiddish. Like it sounds kind yeah. of <laughs> not a fan of it anymore. I guess. Don't be a hater. Don't. PJ Fleck is awesome. Win- Shut your mouth. Winnings, winning solves all things, Pastel. Winning solves all. What PJ Fleck's uh, coaching himself out of a big time coaching gig is what I think. I mean, he's got to start winning some football games or any job he wanted, like like for instance USC or some other jobs like that. I think I don't know if he's that guy anymore, man. You can, you got to win some of these games. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think it's just a down year for them uh, for for whatever reason. I think they need to get the defense together. I yeah, the offense has been bad, but the defense has been way worse. Their defense is atrocious. They can't stop anyone. Yeah, yeah. Who was that, the one? The safety. Who would have thought a, he was that much of a linchpin for that defense? Well, no kidding. He may win rookie. He may win rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year. He's having an incredible say, yeah. season. He's like one of Pro Football Focus's top safeties in in the NFL right now. In the NFL, he's having a fantastic year. I think he plays for the Bucks, right? Yeah, he, yep. yeah. And Johnson, Tyler Johnson, having a good, good year as yep. well. Talking about Pasto, Pasto, how about you? Who were some stock market followers for you yesterday? <laughs> yeah, my brother's going to love this one. Adrian Martinez, the quarterback from Nebraska, the once heralded five-star player, going to win the Heisman. Uh, do you want to try a new position, Adrian? Because I don't think quarterback's in the cards anymore. Like, you might as well go out there and try to be a slot receiver or a slot back because your QB days are done. Talking about QB days done, Sean Clifford, you're done. You already got re- replaced by a sophomore QB, three-star, Will Lewis. Uh, I don't, And I was thinking, like, yeah, maybe he transfers to a school like JMU. I'm pretty sure all three of our quarterbacks at JMU right now are better than Sean Clifford. Like, I don't even want him at an FCS level. So – Man, talk about two QBs that, you know, before the season, we're thinking, you know, guys that had a lot of potential. Their QB days are done. That's that's my stock market followers this week. I've been on the, I've been on the Sean Clifford stinks coach bandwagon for a while now. That's I don't, true. I think that stinks. That, well, uh, he ain't going to play much longer because Penn State's 0-4, and they they got to start getting some wins before this season, this season gets away from them. Uh, guys, I'll get into my he stinks coach. First guy, Joe Milton, he stinks. Nine for 19 with two picks and a QBR of eight yesterday. He stinks. Michigan's offense stinks. Michigan's defense stinks. They stink. Their coaching stinks. But Joe Milton is awful. He looks like Tarzan, but he plays like Jane. So, I mean, he is atrocious. He looks like Cam Newton, but he just – God, he's terrible. Um, I I just can't believe how bad he is. Uh, I have Minnesota's offense on here for a lot of the reasons you guys said yesterday. Tanner Morgan, 167 yards yesterday, two picks. Can't seem to get the ball to Rashad Bateman, their potential first-round draft pick wide receiver. Um, and then my last, he stinks, Coach, because they really do stink. And if it's if it wasn't a COVID season, this is a job that definitely would open up. Uh, South Carolina's defense, they stink, Coach. Gave up 708 total yards of offense yesterday to Ole Miss. Now, Ole Miss is decent on offense. I'll give you that. To give up 708 total yards and to be an SEC defense is inexcusable, and that just means you stink. And to give up – dude, you have two corners that people were talking about Crazy. being day one or day two being day one or day two corners. Well, they gave up 508 yards of passing yesterday. So they they may stink too, coach, but that (laughs) defense as a whole stinks. Will Muschamp stinks. 
And if it wasn't for COVID, that job would be wide open starting in mid-December. Can can we – and I agree. I'm with you, Gus. Can we talk about how incredible Lane – what an incredible job Lane Kiffin has done offensively at Ole Miss and in just his first year there, though? Like, they are unbelievable. Did you watch any of that game yesterday, Gus? I didn't, but but let, let me let me go off of what you're going to say about Lane Kiffin. One, I'm a huge Lane Kiffin fan. I've always loved Lane. Um, yesterday there was a play. It was from the they were on the ten yard line, <laughs> yeah. and Matt Corral drops back to pass and Pastel got a uh, slot receiver to the boundary is running up the seam, and there's nobody within twenty yards. Corral hadn't even let go of the ball and. Lake Kiffin puts his hands up in the air and starts running down the sideline, throws his play sheet up as the guy's running down. I love Lane Kiffin so much, man. Awesome, man. I, I hope that they get it together at Ole Miss on defense because I would love to see Lane turn that program into a powerhouse. But it was one of the most fun things I've ever watched on a college football sideline. They, dude, they haven't scored less than 28 points in a game all season. And that was against Auburn. Like, other than that, they've been over 30 points every game. Dude, I, I'm mind blown by the amount of offense we're seeing this year. I mean, we're talking teams that are throwing up seven, 800 yards on offense. This is probably more of a philosophical, like, defensive strategy conversation for another day. But what has got to change with defenses, like defenses, you know, in the future? Is it less linebackers? Is it more corners? Is it more pass yeah. rushers, less stout interior defensive linemen? But there's got to be a philosophical change to stop this offensive explosion that's happening right now in college. Well, I don't know what it is. I don't want to sidetrack it too much, like you said, Pastel, but I think the biggest difference is offensively there seems to be a lot of positionless football. Like it's almost like you can kind of line up anybody anywhere on the field and they can play that position. Like maybe tight end is the one example where that's not the case, at least in college football in the NFL. You could, I think you could make that argument, but it just seems like you have wide receivers lining up in the backfield and they're getting, you know, five to ten carries a game, plus they're lining up in the slot, and then they line up out wide, play out. Like, there just doesn't seem to be, like, defined positions in college football offensively anymore, at least as much as there used to be. It seems like there's a lot of positionless football. You have, you have guys like Max Borgie who spend half their time in the backfield and half the time in the slot or half the – like, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Like the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple thoughts on this because I was going back and forth with with my brothers yesterday because Jeff was like, man, you got out of coaching at the right time because I don't think it's ever been harder to be a defensive coordinator, which I agree with that. I I, I think it's tougher for a couple reasons. One, I think that defenses are naturally given a disadvantage. In the past, you you were able to basically intimidate receivers – and intimidate skill players coming over the middle by basically knocking them out. I think with the introduction of targeting rules, I think with the uh, the strict PI rules, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of iffies, right? Like you're you're not allowed to do a lot of the stuff you used to be able to do. Um, a lot of the quarterback hitting, uh, all of that factors in because guys have that in the back of their mind because they don't want to be ejected from the game. So I think that's one. I think positionless football, I, I, I would agree with that. I think there's certainly something to that. I think the emergence of the RPO game, and it's it's never been easier for coaches to communicate and call plays from the sidelines than it is now. 
And there's just always answers. There's answers now because the RPO game is now a, a staple pretty much on any offense. So I think it's never been easier to find answers, um, you know, run man coverage, run run zone cover. I mean, it was just, it, it's easy to beat that kind of stuff. Um, I, I do think defensive talent has taken a step back too. I, I think it used to be you put your best skill players on defense if you want to win. I don't, I don't think that's the case anymore. I, I, I just don't point. see very much defensive talent, especially in the Good secondary point. anymore. Um, I, I think it's all on the offensive side of the ball. I think there's a pretty big crisis trying to figure out, hey, we, we just need dudes who can tackle and keep things. I mean, but some things are true, though, guys. If you put pressure on the quarterback, if you tackle well, and if you keep things in front of you and you make them drive the field, you're going to be all right, right? You're going to be able to I, – I think that's where we're going to see the shift in defenses is not necessarily shutouts or holding people the 200 total yards. I think it's going to be – Hey, I tell you what, you may be an advantage by making teams hold the ball longer than they want to hold it, right? Teams aren't able to score as quickly anymore because you're keeping them in front and, you know, turnovers. That, so those are still truths, um, and I still believe that that's valuable in the game. Um, but I think yeah. it's harder than ever to play defense. I really do. Um, it's, it is – especially the scheme against, man, just because it's just – there's only so much you can game plan during a week. There's only so much that your kids can prepare for mentally in order in order to play fast, and offensive guys know that, and so it's easy for them to kind of change on a dime. So that's my feedback. That's my college football TED talk. Coach Cluster pretty much saying stick with the fundamentals, tackle well, fundamental <laughs> well, keep things in front, pressure the quarterback. I mean, you know, that's all you got. I love it. I like it. The wait is finally over. Football is back. My soul cries out hallelujah. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Um, all right, guys, let's get into uh, just uh, some quick rapid fire. Current Heisman folk, Kenny. Uh, Kyle Trask, quarterback, Florida. I still think Justin Fields takes it. I, I changed mine to Kyle Trask this week with the game he had yesterday. Um, wow, that's all I got to say. Uh, current, uh, the best defensive player. Uh, Zayvon Collins. Linebacker. Well, Zayvon Collins as well, uh, but – Shout out to Patrick Jones for Pittsburgh. That's a real good football player over there. I'm going to go with Dave and Collins by default because no one likes to play defense in college anymore. <laughs> and it was actually really hard for me to even think of another defensive player. Um, surprisingly, no real good edge rushers either. I think that's yeah. what's kind of stood out to me this year is I think there's a couple dudes. There's the, the, the cat from Cincinnati that's halfway decent. Um, yeah. There's the guy from Tulsa – or not uh, the guy from Tulane. Jonathan. But I've been very – very surprised that we haven't really seen any really good edge rushers 
mm-hmm. um, anybody who can yep. really put pressure on the quarterback. So I think that's yep. been surprising for me. Um, Eddie Robinson Award, Coach of the Year. This was tough because I I ended up with Luke Fickle, and I think I think it's him just because Cincinnati's been killing everybody this season, and it looks like he's got that team playing at a playoff caliber level. But I mean, there were so many. Uh, there's so many good choices, like you mentioned earlier, Gless. There's so many G5 programs that are playing unbelievable right now. That it, there's just a litany to choose from. But I had to go Luke Fickle. I had to go with him. Did you see Luke Fickle and uh, was it Mike Houston after the game when uh, Cincinnati beat ECU? They had like a two minute conversation and then didn't shake hands. Like I would love to know what that conversation was about because you know what? You know, you know what I have quarter. to say about that? You What's know what I have to say about that? ECU, don't be a bad team. I I'm so tired. Don't be a bad team. You know what? I don't care. You know, you know Cincinnati's got a pile on the, the on the on the scoreboard to make it look like they whipped you even more than they did, and because they got to try and make a playoff. Be a better team. That's all I gotta say. So, uh, so on that, I'm gonna go Jamie Chadwell, Coastal Carolina. That team was picked to finish last in their conference, and they're in first place in the top 15 team. I'm going to change it up here. I'm going to go Tom Allen, Indiana. I think with a, a, a win next week against Ohio State, I think he's the front runner for Coach of the Year. Impressive what he's done uh, and the, the wins that he has this year. I know that Penn State doesn't look like what they're supposed to be, um, but they've been impressive. And uh, I really like what Tom Allen's doing there. I think that's a very a very quiet program nobody speaks about, but they've been competitive with him being the head coach there. Uh, Blitnikoff Award. Yeah, this was another tough one for me uh, because the guys, the two guys you picked were the, the other two guys I was debating between. And I ended up going with Elijah Moore, wide receiver from Ole Miss. I mean, he's averaging double-digit catches per game. He leads the country in receiving yards. Uh, he's just been an absolute monster this season and almost virtually unguardable. He's had multiple 200-yard receiving games. Just, uh, I think he's been the standard bear for receiver this season. Yeah, and I'm going to go name that heard of much but Jonathan Adams Jr. Jr. Arkansas State wide receiver you know ATDs over 800 yards in an offense that doesn't throw it 90 times a game like Ole Miss so I think what he's done has just been so impressive uh there at Arkansas State uh, I'm gonna go uh Devontae Smith here I think he's had a dynamic year for Alabama Devontae Adams no 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 Devontae Smith oh sorry never mind I, I said the wrong thing my bad that's okay um, yeah, no, Dev- <laughs> oh, you know what? It's because I had Devontae Adams written here. Yeah, Devontae Smith. That's what I was looking at the notes. I was like, yeah. wait a minute. No, Devontae <laughs> Adams <laughs> played for the Green Bay Packers. No, Devontae <laughs> Smith, a receiver from Alabama, he has, he's had a dynamic season for the Crimson Tide. I could see him being the first receiver taken based on how he's played this year. So really like what I've seen from from uh, from Devontae, Devontae Smith. Um, and that Alabama offense. So, guys, any last thoughts before we get into the next week? I'm excited for the Coastal game this weekend, Coastal versus App State, noon. Make sure you guys tune in. It's going to be a heck of a game. We're all going to be there, including Gless's brother. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of great games next week. Next week has a lot of good games on the docket. You've got some undefeateds, some Big Ten undefeateds going against each other. You've got some big G5 matchups. It's going to be a great week of college football. Yeah, all I gotta say is that top four is not solidified yet. It is going to be some more shakeup. There's going to be upsets. I'm not sold in Notre Dame still. They still got to play UNC, who their quarterback just threw for what almost 600 yards versus Wake Forest. Kenny, it's not a knock. It's just saying that offense is explosive. Uh, it's going to be a lot of shakeup. The only guaranteed team, in my opinion, is probably Ohio State that's going to make the uh, playoffs. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just the absence of defense. 
Um, I, I think we just keep seeing that week after week and a conference that used to pride itself on being hard-nosed and tough defense. Real, it's, it's really hard to find anybody who plays defense in the SEC anymore. Um, I think that's one of the things that stands out for me. And then, uh, you know, I, I think the Cinderella stories for me, I'm rooting for. I'd love to see one of those teams get in the playoff. I just don't know if there's enough good games on the schedule for Cincinnati, and I don't know if there's enough upsets down the road to where that can happen. So I think that's an interesting story that we'll see. But next weekend is going to be fantastic. A couple massive Big Ten games. Again, like Kenny said, we'll be at the Coastal game, uh, which will be really exciting. Hopefully, keep your fingers crossed um, that we'll be okay right down there. Uh, but that will be a huge one. And then a couple big Pac-12 games as well. So for uh, we'll go ahead and get out of here. Please make sure you uh, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, for Pastel, for Kenny, I'm Gless. We'll talk to you next Thursday.